Today, we're sitting with Carissa Campiotto. She is the CMO and a co-founder at Trendy. This is an awesome conversation. We get into Carissa's story, how she went from being a partner at a juice bar to working so much to having to actually take a doctor's ordered year off of work. And then how when she came back, she reprioritized and her and her partner went on to actually create Trendy throughout COVID. Amazing story and really cool to see where Trendy is at now. They are just passing 80 people on their team. So we get into discussions about how to build trust, how to build culture, especially when you're in a fast scaling company. Very, very cool. I think you will appreciate this if you are part of a company that's raised money or is in the midst of raising and has gone through the wildness that can be scaling, you'll appreciate this episode. But before we get into it, as always, we put on this show here at Cave Social. We are a marketing agency based out of Los Angeles that helps companies grow through organic and paid social media. If you need any help, head over to cavesocial.com, hit that contact us. We'd love to help you out. Now that that's out of the way, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Um. What's up, my marketing people? Welcome to another episode of the show. Today, joining me is the co-founder and CMO at Trendy, Carissa Campiato. Carissa, how you doing? Hi, I'm great. Thanks for having me, Jordan. Excited to have you on. I want to talk about Trendy. I want to talk about building trust and culture and how we do all those things. But before we get into that, I want to hear your background. How did you find your way in this crazy world of marketing and then ultimately co-found Trendy? Walk me through that story. Yeah, it's been an amazing journey, not an obvious one. And it all started back in 2016 when I was partner in a cold press juice and smoothie bar. And when I got involved in the project, things were a little bumpy. We noticed very quickly the cost of produce was increasing and it was making it unaffordable for customers and for us to produce this juice. And so I started chatting with my mentors and I said, you know, I'm having this trouble and need to reduce my costs somehow, but I can't figure it out. The price of produce keeps going up. And my mentor said to me, you know, Krissa, if you were to use misfit fruits and vegetables in your juice products you could probably reduce your costs, but you still create the same awesome drink. And so I took her advice and I started building this buying group with uh, farms, local retailers, produce shops, groups that worked with distribution houses and had access to this misfit or, you know, product that was just a little later in its life cycle. It couldn't be sold to a retail shop, but we could use it. Mm -hmm. And within a year, we rescued 40,000 kilos of otherwise wasted fruits and vegetables. We were able to reduce our cost of product by 40%. And we were able to pass on savings to the consumer. And so, you know, you had a win-win-win situation. And what we were doing was we were upcycling. We were turning something no one wanted and we were processing it then into a product that people were willing to pay for. And I was fascinated by this and I wanted to learn more about it. I figured, you know, there must be other ways of doing upcycling besides juice, but I didn't really have the partner in the juice business that was going to support that. And so after about a year of us working together, I left and I went into the cannabis space for a little bit, pre-legalization, uh, which I had a great time uh, in, love innovative new markets. 
And from there, I took a little turn in my life. I suffered some mental illness due to work stress. I was working about 16 hours a day, six to seven days per week for almost a year. And it had finally caught up to me. So I was asked by my doctor to take a year off. And mm -hmm. so I took a year off. It was rough. It was bumpy. It didn't feel great. But it made me realize I needed to do something differently. So when I started getting better, I started looking, really looking at what I wanted to do. And I wanted to make a difference. And I wanted to do something good for the world, not, not using my marketing powers to, you know, sell sugar water and all those big brands that, you know, have massive marketing dollars. But I want to do something to make a difference. And in the end of 2018, I started learning about these smoothie vending machines, I sent it over to my partner. And I said, hey, these are really cool. We should go check one of these out. We, Him and I hit the road. We went across Calgary, over to Calgary, and uh, we saw these machines. And we, we, we scoundered up all the money we needed, got them raised awareness, did press releases, marketing campaigns, launched it at a food show. And sure enough, two weeks later, COVID-19 broke out. So this idea of what trendy vending was at that time was a trendy uh, vending machine company quickly got deflated and lost all its contracts until further notice. And so my partner and I were sitting there wondering, oh my God, what are we going to do? And we took the application of these smoothie vending machines that were automating smoothie bars, and we applied it to the idea of rescuing and capturing otherwise wasted food. Craig also has a background, my partner has a background in food waste reduction programs in commercial kitchens. So him and I really connected on this conversation. And he said to me, what if we had these units that went to farms and food processors and they could take their otherwise wasted material, process it through these units. And at the end, a shelf stable product would come out. And I was like, oh, this is great. Let's do this. I said, what would you call it? He's like, what would we call Biotrin? And I'm like, okay, you know the name already. This is great. And so our story from there got interesting. Months through the pandemic now, we are, our food budget is getting smaller and smaller. We were a food insecure in some points of our experience. And so the idea of what we were doing was really building a solution for something we needed as well. We needed more affordable, healthy food. And so from there, we took this idea we had to our engineers because it was COVID. We had nothing else to do. And they started looking at these opportunities. And if this was feasible, they said, yeah, it's feasible. Great. Okay. Now we need the money to do this. And these projects are expensive. They cost millions of dollars. We didn't have millions of dollars in the bank. So we go jumped into an accelerator, a new chip there at Boston, Texas. And we went through our accelerator program with them. After a few months of working with them, we found our first lead investor. And June of last year, we raised our first round, our seed round. We closed at $2.25 million. And we scaled our team from two to 80 people, uh, less than six months. Wow. And have opened another round since then and have secured another chunk of money, which I'll be able to talk about down the road. And yeah, it was just, it was one thing, beautiful thing after the other. The government of Canada recognized us as a semifinalist in the food waste reduction challenge. And it all kind of just lit up. And today I'm, you know, spent the last three months on the road flying around, talking to people about food waste reduction initiatives, the importance of using the food we have first. Because what people often don't understand is that 
food production is not an issue. We waste 2.5 billion tons of otherwise wasted food every year globally. And meanwhile, on the other side, 800 million people are hungry. So the production problem is not the issue. The issue is the distribution. That food is not distributed and accessible to all. And that's really what Trendy is here to do is to, you know, rescue the misfits and the otherwise wasted food, but also to provide healthy and accessible nutrition to people at an affordable rate. I love it. I love the journey and that you kind of see things come full circle, right? Where you had this moment at the juice bar where you're like, oh, if we use ugly produce or misfit produce and oh, wow, still makes the same juice that I need and it's helping our cost and, oh, we can actually pass those savings on to the consumer. This is a triple win. And then you come, you know, full circle and it's COVID hits and then it forces you to think differently and you and your partner get together and, oh, let's do this. You know, this is a real issue. You've already seen the cost like at the retail side of things. He's on the commercial side of things and you're able to go, oh, ding, 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 the world needs this. I love that. Now, Outside of the food part of this, going from two to 80 people, and, <laughs> okay, we see this happen. Silicon Valley companies, companies who get money, companies around the world, they get a bunch of money. Okay, hey, you got to scale. Your investors are saying time to scale, time to go. One, had either of you been part of something like that before where it was, you know, hey, we're on a rocket ship and we got to go. And then two, if not, how, or even if so, how did you go about like building a culture in establishing trust where you're like getting executive coaches did you just kind of were you just going with the flow like walk me through that okay we got the money we just 10 people just came on 20 people 30 40 okay like this starts to get really big really quick how did you all manage that well it's interesting you asked that and i am super glad you did because there was a, a thought process behind getting the money um, when you go from not having much to all of a sudden have millions of dollars in your bank account it's really strange And so you have to really sit for a second with your partner and say, you know, how are we going to spend this money and how are we going to build the most efficient team, you know, at a not Silicon Valley price, right? How do you build that? How do you optimize that team and get equal manpower and build a fair system? And so I'm going to use the word fair because we took a fair approach to our scale. And it took a lot of time for us to really get there in terms of how we were going to build a fair system, because traditionally businesses are not built on fair systems, right? They use post-war army sort of dictatorship type styles where the top makes the most money, they have the most perks, and everybody else below the, the top two levels is, you know, running around and everything's chaos and nobody's thinking about them. And so our first approach was, okay, how much as the founders of the company do we need to make per year in order to feel like we could get by? Right. Not lavishly, but enough that we could go on a vacation, we could have decent food, we could have a decent place to live, not fancy fancy, but just enough to get by and be in a good path. And Craig and I identified that it would be $75,000 per year. Now in Vancouver, that's a little tight, but we were together. So we're like, we would make 150 together. We could do that. And so we told everybody, (laughs) seven main people, 
about what we were doing at Trendy. And these seven main people were people who we worked with before, we trusted, and we knew that they could run and build teams. Craig came from building out massive hotel projects. So when you think about scaling teams, he would go from one month of zero to three, 400 people within a month. And I was in events for the longest time. So that's exactly what we did. We would have pop-ups, you know, you have a site of 200 people and then two, three days later, it's done. So we did have this experience of scaling teams, but not in a long-term way per se. So from there, we told all these seven people that we would give them 75K per year. You know, these were going to be the things that they were going to focus on. They were going to start off as a contractor to see if they liked working in Trendy. And then from there, they were all to build out their own departments. And we were going to work on that with them. And that's how the scale happened. We found seven extremely competent, focused people who wanted to provide change and be part of the trendy mission and who were willing to, you know, take a little bit less money right now. But the deal was when we would close our next round for those people, they would also get a bump in their salary. So every time we were, the company was getting extra revenue and the business was in a stronger place, everyone's salary went up. And so that was how we did it. And it was wild. The scale was was heavy. We didn't have any foundation or structure before this. And that was just what we did. Like we got everybody together and we just started building. We got an HR team. The HR team started building foundational pieces and in our structure. And so that process got faster over a few months. And by month six, we were well into it. And that's something that's interesting there to see. It comes back to trust, right? Like you trusted these seven people and then you could pass that trust on. Okay, hey, I know that you all are going to do the best you can. Yeah. That to me is such a great way to do that, to just kind of like, hey, I'm going to work within our network. I'm going to bring people in and get people that you know that you can trust because there's a million other things going on. Not only do you got to run Trendy, deploy it, all these things. You also have to go through the next fun part, which is like, you have to be fundraising for your A round, like immediately. (laughs) You get one moment to breathe. You're like, we got money. Great. This is going to be gone in a year. Awesome. So we need more by this date. Yeah. How has it been? You do that and you bring people in. How has it been building the culture? Is it really trying to find people who align, I guess, with the mission? Has it been like, what do you all do to take steps to ensure that, you know, the 81st hire who comes in is, and you can't get right it with everybody, but you know, for the best chance we got here, that they're going to be the right person to fit into the trendy culture. Yeah. Trendy's uh, mandate is that we move fast because we're up against time. The world is reducing their food waste uh, by 50% before 2030, thanks to the UN. And so right now, it's better for us to have extra padding around us than worry about maybe making a mistake. But what I can say about Trendy's culture and what was interesting is Trendy wanted to build a culture where we built robots, but we didn't treat the humans who run our business like robots, right, right? right? We wanted to treat our team with compassion and honesty and provide them an opportunity, an inclusive opportunity and workplace for them and for their team members to grow with them, right? And that started off by a 35-hour work week. So the mandate mm-hmm. at Trendy is you work 35 hours per week. You have two key days of internal meeting days where you must be present for your meetings. But other than that, if you want to do Excel sheets in your pajamas with your hair in a mess, 
in the mornings at 6 a.m. and you would like to have from, you know, 2 to 3 p.m. free so you can hang out with your kids or, you know, go to soccer practice or do whatever it is that you need. That was the goal. Goal was to build more flexibility. We built Trendy during COVID, so we were always a remote company. It's been different now because we've been going to see some of our partners in person because it's good for trust as well, right? It's that mix between both worlds, I believe. But yeah, just in general, the teams, when we scaled that fast, we actually, we used only one hiring ad and we didn't even get the leads or the people we hired from that hiring ad. It was uh, strictly through LinkedIn referrals, people hearing podcasts or seeing media releases about Trendy, reaching out saying, hey, can I help you guys? A lot of them started as consultants for three months and then said, hey, can I come on full time? Because we were building a different culture, right? A culture that people were like, oh, I don't have to feel bad for taking a one hour nap at noon you know, or taking a little extra time to hang out with my kids right after school. And then, you know, catching up on a bit of my email communication later on in the evening. And that was the whole point is we didn't want people sitting at desks from nine to five. And people I feel appreciate that most about Trendy. Yeah, I mean, that's what it comes down to, right, is this is the world we're in. People want flexibility. They want to be aligned with the missions of their company. We're no longer the generation of people who are punch in, punch out, get a gold watch when we're 65. We want to leave a legacy and have that purpose. So I love that you all are doing that and also framing it like from the outset that, hey, it's a job, it's not your life. And that to me is, I say this to my team all the time. We're a marketing agency, y'all. Like we're not, this is not like your whole life. If you have a family member that's sick, you need to go to that. Like these are those things that real life happens. We make posts on the internet, right? Like our you know, it's not that serious in in the end, <laughs> at the end of this all. And I love that you're doing that in, even by design to, hey, 35 hour work weeks, hey, two days where the crucial meetings happen. I absolutely love that when it comes to building culture. Carissa, for anybody who wants to, I guess, one, find out more about Trendy, but two, you know, we got a lot of listeners who maybe are looking to join a team. Where should they head? Yeah, there's an HR page on our website, trendy with an I.com. And uh, there's an opportunity where a list of opportunities that are currently available. And if maybe there's not something that resonates with your skill sets right now, feel free to just send an email from the website and say hi to our HR team and let them know that you'd be interested. And if a position for this was to come up, that you'd be, you'd love to hear from them. Amazing. I will put links to both the Trendy homepage and the careers page on the show notes page. I said page a lot there. Carissa, thank you so much for coming on today. I appreciate you taking the time and uh, sharing your story with us here at Mind Your Marketing. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity. Can't wait to hear it. Awesome. All right, everybody. That's it for this episode. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton, and I will catch you next time. Oh,